<laughs> Hello, welcome to Enough is Enough, Becoming Unapologetically You. I am your host, Co-Pastor Rim, and I am here with my special guest, my sister friend, um, Pastor Green. Say hello, Pastor Green. God bless. Hello. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm excited to have you. Amen. I really, really am. Because I know, I, mean, I know we talk, we talk from time to time, but I believe this is just going to be a different encounter because you're going to be sharing a lot of stuff that I don't even like know about. So I'm, I'm just glad to have you here. Um, again, enough is enough. Become unapologetically you is a podcast that shares testimonies, highlight um, the glory of God and to speak life into those who will join in and engage. It is for those who feel as if they have no voice that God is just, he just doing a new thing in the remnant. We are a bride. So I thank God for giving me the opportunity to be a voice for, for his people, for his chosen people, for the remnant. Because a lot of times we feel like we've done so much. We, we've done so many different things and God just, why me? Or we're not important. But God says you are important and we all have a story to tell. What the Bible tells us, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so the people that you see are people that have come through the trenches, gone through trials and tribulations, and yet God is using them. So nobody, nobody is counted out in the kingdom of God. He will, he will use anybody and he will use you too. So let me pray us on in so we can get started. Uh, Father God, we, I thank you for tonight. I pray that we decrease and you will increase. Let the words of our minds be pleasing in your sight, oh Father, that somebody's heart will be touched and lives will be changed. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I'll read your bio just a little bit. I know it's, it's posted already, but you are a domestic violence advocate, an author, a poet. I, you write poetry. I didn't know you wrote poetry. Yes. Yes, and you a woman of many different talents. Okay. Good evening. Um, um good evening, good evening, everybody. A mother of three, a grandmother, a friend, a speaker at the woman of purpose on deliverance. Um domestic violence, excuse me. Your ministry is called Women of Purpose. It is an outreach ministry, and she just started going live now because people told her to but because god told her to amen amen you, uh, you grew up in north carolina let me i lost my space jesus help me. yes south carolina denmark south carolina you graduated in 1971 yes. um in new jersey mm -hmm. this was right there what made you go to jersey well, our parents moved when I was young from South Carolina to New Jersey. And um, this is where we stayed at. Did it freeze or did you stop talking? It froze a little. Okay. <laughs> did you like, uh, you like New Jersey? I, it's different. 
Uh, it's not as much a country as South Carolina was. Um, but New Jersey is okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's nice to live. Um, a lot of people, it's like everywhere you go at more, the people uh, still see the environment that they're in or their mm -hmm. environment uh, connects with who they are. So in every right. state, people have different uh, atmosphere, they have different characteristics, different things that's going on with them. That's true, too. That's so true. Then you have three books. One is called The Three Arts of Domestic Violence, Respect, Reeducate, and Repair. That, uh, that book can be purchased on Amazon, just, for, just in case anybody was wondering. You have a book called My Life and My Struggles. It's also on Amazon. Then the other book is The Fighting Rose, which you can purchase from uh, Pastor Green. That's the book I just ordered. I, I just love the way you, uh, the introduction is what drew me in. Amen. So I, I love it, The Fighting Rose. And so your pen name is Faith Divine. And, uh-oh, we lost it for a second. Give a moment. Okay. All right. So your pen name, I can, I can hear you. Okay, I can hear you. I can see you. Is Faith Divine. And you say you were given this name by the Holy Spirit. Can you tell me what was that like? Like, was it in a vision, a dream? Like, he just spoke it to you. How was it? Oh, he spoke that to me. I've gone through divine faith because faith that he gave me that carried me through a lot of the trials. And that's what he was saying, mm -hmm. that he gave me a divine faith. So that's what he told me the name of, of myself, really divine faith. Mm -hmm. but the situation, it really took faith to get me to each through each area of it. Amen. Yeah, I can be a, a test of the, the name change because one night I was just in bed, just lying in bed, and he just told me, he said, you, do you really know what your name is? And I was like, because people call me Cole Paris, or some call me uh, Coach Ramirez or uh, Sister Lachelle or whatever. He said, your your name is Cole Pastor Ram, the ram in the bush. You're not just a ram in the bush uh, for your household, but you're the ram in the bush for many people because there is going to be many people that look up to you. There's people that look up to you and you might not even um, know that you've encountered them, but they're peeping in and they're watching you. So you are co-pastor mm -hmm. Ram. I was like, I never thought about it. That Ram was in Ramirez. I never saw it. I never thought of it until he, until he said that to me, just lying in bed. And I, I just, I tapped my husband. Men did fall asleep so fast. So I, I tapped my husband and I said, do you, your Bishop Ram? And he was like, what? I said, do you know your Bishop Ram? He was like, he thought about it. Oh my God, you, you, I never, I never seen it that way. And so it amazes wow. me how God will show us how he sees us. Because a lot of times we don't see ourselves the way God sees us, right? We see ourselves like this small, not just because of our own thing, but because other people have also beat us down as well. 
And so I was like, mm -hmm. that's that's awesome. So I, I challenge people, what has God spoken over you? What has he called you? What name has he given you? Yes, we're all called children of God. But what name has he, has he given you so that you're able to stand and walk authority that he has given you? And right. so that's why, like, when I read your, your title for The Fighting Rose, I'm going to try to read it to where, mm -hmm. um, and I don't stumble over because it, for me, I just love it. And it, it mm -hmm. reads, it says, The Fighting Rose reflects on uh, Vera's life and how she used different areas of her life's struggle as a representation of a rose struggling through different storms. A rose petal weathers the storm, yet once the storms, the storms are over, What's left of the rose is still a sweet fragrance with withered leaves. Each petal determined from which areas and direction from uh, which way the storm came and the damage left. The thorn protects the rose, yet they can become a deadly weapon is needed for protection. This rose has a story behind it through uh, every storm of life to leave an inspiration or expression on those who have come in contact with it. Each person understands the definition of a rose struggle. They can realize the importance of perseverance and maintaining their faith when the storm approaches. In contrast, in the storm and once the storm has subsided, there are different colored roses, but we must ask ourselves, which one represents us? The rose has to firm in its spot of uh, uh, to maintain its fragrance and stability in life. I was like, oh my God, I need this book. <laughs> because that, I mean, I never seen my, my life as a rose. And for you to see your life as a rose going through all the different trials that you're going to share with us tonight and still being able to stand knowing who you are in Christ Jesus to the anointing on your life to have that sweet that sweet uh smelling aroma i it's just amazing to me and that sold me i was like i need to read this book i i want this book and so i want to ask you when you were writing this book what were some of the the thoughts going through your mind as you as you wrote your story on the page well as i was writing i was thinking about storms uh go through the storm in either way it's faith divine i said divine faith but it's faith divine but when i was going mm -hmm. through the storm it was like that each storm that i would come through it left me with a fragrance my character um had enlightened my character it didn't change who I was, but it um, it it blossomed. Uh, and when we can blossom into different areas, um, that's a blessing. And those, as a yes. rose bloom, as a rose bloom, we bloom as well. When we come through our our trials and situations, we bloom. And yes. as when you see a blooming, all those leaves have individual leaves on it. And each one of those leaves carry a fragrance. And that mm -hmm. fragrance is our person. That fragrance is our character. So that's why it's good to, when you go through, do not change who you are. 
sometimes trials could change us. We could yes, that's true. We, but uh, when I was writing it, it, the Lord reminded me through each one of the trials that it was a fragrance left because I, I, um, I persevered. Mm -hmm. I went through the trials. Some of them were very challenging. God so when I was going through them. It, I left a fragrance. And the person uh, that can identify you is by your personality, mm -hmm. character. And those are fragrances. Those are fragrances that when the Lord was giving it to me, that that's what mm -hmm. was going on. He was and it was through those fragrances. It broke up just a little bit. So repeat the, the, the last statement. Okay. It was through the road I was going through God reminded me that I was a rose. Mm -hmm. And that the uh, pebbles, uh, each pebble, like I said, each pebble was different. But it's like that when I came through each of the trial, that mm -hmm. God reminded me of that was left. And like mm -hmm. when a storm, when a rose through a storm, I don't care how bad the storm is. Once that storm is over, that rose still have its fragrance. And that's Amen. who we are. When we go through our crowds, we still uh, who we are by our fragrance. Amen. Amen. That's so good. Because for me, for the long, for a long time, I felt uh, worthless. You know, especially like when I got saved, um, I, I just felt worthless. I was like, God, why would you use somebody like me from all the stuff that I've done? Not just all the stuff that I've done, everything that I've, I've heard from people, how they used to like put me down, tell me I was this, tell me I was that. I was pretty much no good for nothing. And so I thought, I was like, I just didn't real. I just didn't couldn't believe that God would want somebody in me. I didn't feel like I had any worth. I less than all a fragrance of being a rose. You you know, like during the holidays or Valentine's, birthdays, anniversary. What do people buy the most? They buy roses. Yes. They buy roses. I mean, no no matter the color, yellow, white, the different colored ones that we have now. Uh, that's what they buy. You you want the yes. rose. And so for me to, you know, seeing that, to look at my, myself as a rose, I was like, that's deep. And I just love how God uses you. He gives you some of the, the unique, <laughs> unique things. And I know a lot of times we put God bubble or in a box to where he cannot, um, show himself to us in an authentic way because we're looking for him to come the way he came to sister so-and-so through brother so-and-so and so i thank god for allowing for you allowing god to use you in an unusual way as we would say because mm -hmm. that's how he works he he gives us the best of him only if we allow it mm -hmm. so for him to give yeah. you different things and how he used you it just amazes me, and it just—I'm I, I, just in awe of it. As a rose, that's Amen. so pretty. I think somebody's Amen. knocking at the store. 
Hold on one moment, okay? One more moment. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> so sorry about that interruption. Um, so let's we're gonna go back a little. We I told where you were born, where you were raised. Um, and you live with both your parents, right? Yes. You did. Yeah. And your your family was kind of like it's very very quiet, normal. It wasn't no domestic violence or anything of that nature. Well, yes. Uh, we have a, at a large family, it was 12 of us siblings. Um, and my father, yeah. used, my father used to beat on my mother every night. He would get drunk and beat on her every Friday. And for some reason, I would be the one that would, I, I, I would see him beat on her. He eventually stopped later on in life. He stopped beating her. But um, you see your that it's very devastating. Mm -hmm. So as a young, uh, a teenager or a young woman, how, how did it make you feel? How did it make me feel? Yeah. It made me feel, um, well, I hated it. I felt isolated. Simple fact was, um, my mother had eight girls and four boys. Mm -hmm. Eight girls look like my mother, act like my mother, small like my mother. Mm -hmm. And my dad hated Wow. He didn't, told me wish I was dead, told me wish I'd never been born. Um, wow. But for some reason, God allowed me to love him through it all anyhow. He gave me such a love for my parents that regardless of what he did, that I always had my parents mm -hmm. and uh, I isolated because my siblings all your and phone is it's breaking up Tom Let's try again can you hear me? yeah I can hear you now uh, okay and the, my siblings would tell me that I was spoiled but I mean how can I be spoiled and that my dad didn't want me to be around my mother Right. Uh, he would allow my mom to babysit my other sister children, but he would and I, I felt so isolated. I felt um I didn't feel loved, wow. but I had to do what I had to go through. So it's nobody but God. God had kept me, he spared mm -hmm. me. Uh, even at age. Wow. Yeah, because I remember, like, for, for myself, going through a household that had domestic violence um, in it. 
So I know we tend to follow that, that same pattern. And so that, that's where we're, we're going. Um, but I want to say, ask this first, like, were you brought up in the church? No. no? Um, I, remember, I remember when I was about four years old, my mother had me in her hand, you know, hand in hand walking to church. That's the only thing I remember mm -hmm. as a young child in the church. Mm -hmm. It wasn't so when we were in New Jersey, I was around about 16, when mm -hmm. an elderly woman that was st staying next door to us, she was a church woman, so she started taking the church when I was about 16. Mm -hmm. But other father going to church after that, I don't recall them ever going to church after that. Really? Wow. So you had one encounter in your young adulthood. So when did you start going to church when, when did you Jesus? 16 and so you kept you kept going like after that or you kind of had like an off and on uh, it was like an off and on because when i would we would go to church and um i had a brother that killed mm -hmm. in, the, in the, uh, vietnam i was i recall that when i was in church this particular night that i was walking down all the hall with an owl and uh, something like something just kicked me in my gut hard. Wow. And I didn't understand what it was till I got home. And mm -hmm. when I got home, my mother was watching. Well, I don't know whether she was watching before or after, but it was a, a helicopter crash in the middle of the Little wow. did she know that that was an accident, the helicopter crash that she witnessed on television. And that's when I felt the same, the same minute he died, that's when I felt that kick in my gut. And wow. I was in the church. Then uh, they'll go into church with car accident with the lady that driving our next door neighbor. And uh, and what couldn't get out of my brain was when the car hit us and uh, the pole fell over our car. Some guys from the bar came and grabbed us out of there. But the thing that got me was the woman that hit us had a Bible. And that thing mm. stuck with me. It's like, God, why did she have a Bible? She hit us. But yes, she had a Bible in her hand. Wow. And I think after that, I stopped going to church for a while till I got in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. And that's when I kept getting saved. That's when you stayed at the early 20s? Yes. So, I, I mean, I the question, I mean, I sent them all to you. Did you experience a traumatic event that you don't mind sharing? I know you have a few <laughs> that you, you experienced. So I'll say, because you, you deal with a lot of domestic violence uh, for women. What is an event in your life? Because I know you've been married. Um, how did you and your ex meet? And what changed? I was I was married twice. The first time uh, we met in high school, um, I had two children by him at the time. Well, one, then I got married. Um, and he was laying with uh, a girl at our reception. I still gave wow. him a chance. Three months later, I couldn't handle it no more. He was with her again, so I removed him out of the household. I went through a trauma situation with that. Mm -hmm. During that time, 
because of what I was, I started dealing drugs. Um, I waited till my kids got older and I got married again. And that guy didn't know, but he was the guy, the guy for sister. I didn't know that. He was beginning. He was the guy that did what? He was friends with the it guy that murdered my Wow. He was friends with the guy that murdered your sister. Friends, yes. Wow. And that uh, you want me to go a little into that? Yes, I'm I'm just I'm hoping I'm praying to God that this connection will stop interrupting you. Um, because I really want them to hear what it is that you're saying. Because I mean, your your life, everything that you're saying is mind-blowing and thank you for joining i minister i think you're apostle carla minister carla thank you for joining but yes i would love for you to go off into that if you don't mind sharing or talking about it no i don't mind um it was during november um the lord was showing me things he showed me um, me talking about an event at a store. Uh, I was I used to watch my daughter's son. He was two, almost two and a half. And one day as I was going to vote uh, in November, the Lord spoke to me and he said, you have to raise Leon. I'm, and I turned to him and I was like, raise Leon? Nothing going to happen mm. to Carrie. I threw my hand like, nothing going to happen to Carrie. Um, another time I was in a car sitting with a friend of mine in front of my apartment and God took me out and showed me a vision twice that a funeral car was in front of my house. So wow. I jumped out the car. Little did I know um, before that month, like I was teaching new members class in my apartment with permission yeah. from the pastor because the women <laughs> at the church kept me. So the pastor gave me permission to teach in my home. Mm -hmm. So this particular day um, I was teaching, a young girl came in, which I knew her and her family. She came in and she was saying that God told her to go back out in the world and grab this other girl that was on drugs and uh, in the gang. And they were mm -hmm. fussing with her. As they were fussing with her, the Lord spoke to me and told me to be quiet. So when I, when I got quiet, that's what he told me, that this young lady, when she leave your apartment, she's planning to commit suicide. So I wow. got things back in order. Got the class back in so when the class over with, I knelt down in front of her uh, and I said to her, her name was Tamika, I said to me, I said, God showed me, spoke to me, he said, when you leave her, you plan to commit suicide. And she, she shook her head, yes. Wow. She didn't go into detail. She did tell me that normally I would take my mom, help my mom and dad buy for my siblings. But she said this day that I let them buy whatever they wanted. Because God exposed that, she laid on my floor and cried out to God to force her that morning. Satan spoke to me and said, you took one of mine, now I'm going to take one of yours. This was for some Saturday morning. 8.30 Saturday night, my sister was stabbed to death. And wow. during the time I often work, because I was working for a domestic violence when she was victim. And prior to that, her boyfriend, he would beat her, but he would come to me crying, 
asking my apology, asking if, uh, telling me that he was sorry. And that was something I never understood. But when it, when it happened, I, I had a hate in my heart for him because you took my sister. Not only did you took my sister, you stabbed her in front of both of your child. He was only two and a half at the time. And he was he he stabbed my sister in front of him and set him and his cousin or his niece in her blood. Set her up on the chair, make it look as though she was watching television. Wow. Came from the door and she met him at the door with a suitcase pack smiling. And she went in and found her enough. Jesus. And they ran to my um, put eight or nine and told them, they called me Leon killed Carrie. And I'm like, hold up. So we got over there. And when I got had some of the streets blocked off, we got out the car and started walking. When I saw a yellow ribbon around her apartment, I I I, I dropped. I don't know how, I don't know who caught me, but I dropped. During that time, um, I I went through a lot of trauma. I went through the trauma of I couldn't remember scripture. Like the, the enemy took a vacuum and vacuum every scripture out of my soul. There, I couldn't remember scripture. I couldn't remember hair, and it it, it traumatized me. It mm -hmm. really. My sister and I we were two years apart from each other, and I would watch her baby for her. And wow. uh, and when it happened, they put the baby right to my plate. And the thing about it, he went trauma because I used a knife in my hand. No ribbon could be around. And he's firing, he would just go. And at the area the because when they were streets or whatever, they would want to question him. They had him on the front page newspaper uh the just child and I, I moved from the area so he can become when I moved the school that I was that he was attending the pre-k he was attending started him again. So he went through a lot of and he sometimes dream because he was the promise to his mother. He done lost his father, but his father's incarcerated, and his mother, he don't have a mother. And he asked my daughter and my son, but they, they called me mom. He said, and they told me, well, you can call our mama. And that day, from that day to that, he still calls me mom. But he went, he went through, and he remembers it like it happened yesterday. Wow. And people say, doesn't remember. A child remembers trauma. Like, I remember. He could tell you step by step what happened and how it happened. Wow. Man. That, I mean, that, that alone, I mean, that's mind-blowing to save somebody or to allow to the Lord to allow you to intervene for somebody that, that wants to commit suicide, right? And then 
for your sister to be taken how did that make you feel were you mad at god or anything i was i was mad at god i hated the guy that did it um uh, i was going through so many mixed emotions i went through so many i would be high one minute low the next medium the next i kept going through emotional changes and that mm -hmm. was the part that i had to come with and i hated him and i was down praying one day and the lord spoke to me to pray for leon and i got mad at god again god i know good and well you did not tell me to pray for this man that murdered my sister i got up off my knees mm -hmm. uh, i got up off my knees and i, I was mad at god but after a while, I don't know how, whether it was weeks or months, but when I did start praying for him, that hatred left. That hatred left. Amen. And it was so strange because not only did my sister carry through, I had three other sisters that went through domestic violence. And for some odd reason, God would use me to be the one to intervene. And I could, never could understand that. That Lord, why? I would go up in their, in their husband's faces, and one of my brothers, like he was close to seven feet. I would get as small as I am. I went up in his face because what are you doing hurting my sister? Um, and another one of my sisters, her husband uh, pulled guns on her. He didn't want no family member there. But I was a little nut that would knock on the door. You're not going to keep my sister from me. And after a while, he got tired of me knocking on the door. So he started accepting who I was. And he would let me come in and we would talk. But um, it was it was just so strange how God would use me to intervene for my other sisters uh, going through abuse. Mm -hmm. And because at this time you had already been through it yourself. So now you're um, advocating for others. At this time, I, I didn't. I only thing I went through was my husband where he but he would call me names. I, I did lose mm -hmm. my identity uh, because I love mm -hmm. my husband. And um, mm -hmm. I was trying to get a divorce. The Lord said, no, don't get a divorce. Um, he What he wanted, I didn't know that at the time, God wanted me to have my daughter. And he didn't want to be, wanted me to be unwed when I had her. So I had her before I got divorced. But like I said, years later, I did get married. The guy that was uh, that I married was friends with the guy part of my sister. He started taking me through. Oh, uh, I was working for the Seven Hundred Club at the time, and he got jealous because both of us had applied, but they had hired me. And mm -hmm. I was with the Seven Club for about maybe a couple months where they had me on live television, and um, mm -hmm. he got mad at that. So started doing little things, little stupid stuff. That but God would let me see, know what he was doing. All I knew what he was doing and that wasn't right. And uh, and my son came home when they, well, my son had came up there to work on a trailer that his boss had given us. And mm -hmm. my son said to me one night, he said, Mom, if you don't leave tonight, we'll never see you again. And my husband mm -hmm. at the time, he called, he said, Reva, he said, um, he said, don't mess with my money. Or it was our money. Now all of a sudden it was his money. Mm -hmm. So um but he things he would uh if he saw a piece of white lint on the floor, he would argue about that. Wow. Um, he was uh, he was abusing sexually.
And I said, I don't share this about, but he would want sex three to five times a day. And wow. I would tell him, I said, this, he didn't care. He was so, he was so jealous of any other man having anything to do with me. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I finally left him, I, I was traumatized again because I really wanted my marriage to work. But because he and his mother, I, I love her dearly, but he and his put witchcraft on me. Um, wow. And she was a pastor. Pastor. The pastor. But the Lord let me, the Lord let me know that I had to go. He let me know that I had to leave. And I ended up leaving. Wow. That's never, a lot. Yes. He never hit me. He would do other things. And he said mm -hmm. to me, if I ever hit your blood, I would keep beating. Wow. Wow. So he so he was mentally, verbally, emotionally, financially abusive, but not physically abusive. But if you say hey, like the if you will say uh the sexual part, it's kind of still is like physical contact because it's not yeah. something that you want. Because I've been there. Because my, my ex-husband, um, he wanted like three. I mean, I'm like, dude, like, why are you not tired? You know what I'm saying? Not realizing some yeah. people have sex demons. And so, okay, Prophet Dwight says, how do you put witchcraft on people without their permission? I don't understand that one. You know something? Um, the church, a lot of church people is doing that now. They're, and they're reading scriptures from the Bible and they're using some type of motion, uh, whatever, potion or something. And if you're not prayed up, those uh, portions or whatever will have an effect. It won't enter, enter you, but it will have an effect on you. Um, and this is why we as the church have to be prayed up because we can feel the stigma of the witchcraft. But it mm -hmm. can't enter up. Some people said that uh, this. I had a neighbor that was saying that uh, people had turned into a frog. Uh, not a frog had voice or a, a face or something as a frog. But God had let me know. He said, "No weapon formed against me shall prosper." I went through a thing where I had three or four neighbors putting trying to put witchcraft on me because I was skinny at the time yeah. and I used to love the. But. God let me know through one of the women. God took me into a deep sleep and let me know that's the scripture that I've been holding on to ever since. When he said, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And the witchcraft and the witches and the warlocks, they're doing things. They can affect people. If you receive it, you can be affected by that. But the right. thing about it, though, you don't have to receive it. You you're a child of God. You don't have to receive it. Right. Yeah, because he said he said without permission. I, my ex-husband, he dabbled in it a little bit. Like he's done stuff to where um he he went and he saw this this witch or whatever and he used to wear these little chains around his neck because he thought it would protect him. And then he would um tell me, Oh, I did this against you so that you will always come back to me. You always come back to me. And at the time I was going to another church and she was like you know, people can do stuff against you, but you, yes, you have to be able to accept it. But if you ignorant of the enemy's devices, you be done walked off and stuff and you be like, 
because because he said out there permission you be done walked in and not really understanding or not really knowing what's really going yes. on and because yes. i mean the, there's a doorway open there's a i mean there's a crack so the enemy has mm -hmm. free reign when you're out you're not in the will of god and that's what i've learned mm -hmm. um that's somebody else has put witchcraft on me to where i actually had went through a deliverance to have stuff moved removed from me and mm -hmm. i i was just i was ignorant i was i was walking in sin let's be honest but i didn't i didn't really understand everything that was going on and the, again that's why you say you have to be read up you have to be prayed up so that you know the enemy's devices that you know the attack of because once once you know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, then you got, okay, you can do whatever you want. You can say whatever you want, but I know that that's not going to work against me. Why? Because I'm a child of the most high God. I know the authority that I have. What the Bible tells us that we have the power to walk over the uh, the surface and the scorpions, uh, the principles of the air and all of this stuff. So I, I know these things. But when I was out there, I didn't know that. That's why it's so important mm -hmm. for us to read. That's why it's so important for us to have a relationship with Christ. And so I thank him for that question for real though. She's yeah. Uh, I said it's happened to my dad. Yeah, it's happened. It happens to people. Witchcraft is real. Yes. yes, it is. Yes, it is. And uh, you're finding and, now. And then for me, I see us control. Go ahead. Go ahead, Pastor. Now let's talk. Okay. And a lot of people today more people is dipping and dabbing in, in the churches more yes. people is because they control and there a lot of people do that in control when they start playing mind games with you when they start doing things to make you subject them and it's a lot of it yes. now is of god and we got to be very careful uh the word of god said know those who labor among you we got to learn Amen. from the people that's laboring us because they're going to say they're going to sound like they're coming from the scriptures and some mm -hmm. are coming from the scripture to get their strength from but right um but you don't have to accept that sometimes you feel like something's going on in your body something's going on with your mind and they play mind games mm -hmm. but true acknowledge mm -hmm. it when you can that start rebuking it amen that's why it's important. Watch where you go. Some places you shouldn't go. Some some people you shouldn't tell everything to because they'll take it and they'll use it against you. That control and that manipulation, that stuff is okay. Been there, been through it, and yes. then again, didn't realize out of my own ignorancy that I had been <laughs> bewitched. I didn't realize mm -hmm. it to where I was laying on board and the prophet. Or the prophet speaking in my ear, uh, re reverse the curse. And I was like, what? What did she say? Reversing the curse. And my spirit man is just, you know, just, just, you know, just, just shaking. Like, what happened? How did, how did this happen? Yes. Um, prophet, so true. And, and I, I, I didn't know it because I trusted the individual to speak into me mm -hmm. also with tongues so you gotta be careful who's speaking over you in tongues too because every tongue ain't mm -hmm. of the lord just being honest and so we're going to go back <laughs> on topic because i know we got to deviate and but the, the thing ahead. i want to say too be careful 
where you're eating from because they put it in food. They put some of the stuff in food. And some of the women put their blood mm. in food that you're eating. So be careful of the food that you're eating. Yep. Well, pray. Uh, with Bible say pray and watch. Sometimes we, yes. we, we be off our post. But I'm gonna go, we will go back over here for this time because ooh. Yes, Prophet Dwight, you you getting down and good, ain't you? He said, period blood. Yes, they don't they don't play. They it's very devious when they want to control you to do what they want you to yeah. do. They'll do anything, they don't care what what they use. Seen it as well. Yes, I mean people, it's it's, it's bananas. And that's why the Bible said there's nothing new under the sun. A lot of times we think this stuff is new. No, we're just, uh, the blinders are just being no. lifted off. Exactly. So, um, Have you ever um, suffered postpartum, postpartum, oh my God, PTSD. I can't even say the word all the way. PTSD. Have you ever suffered PS, uh, PTSD? Uh, I don't recall that I have. And then again, mm. I can't say that I haven't when my sister was murdered. Um, like I said, I was going through a lot of emotional change. So I, I can't tell you that I did. I cannot tell you that I did not. Okay. And then I know earlier we, because I know I asked you about some traumatic events. And you were telling me how you almost killed your son. Yes. Well, oh I'm going to go back to go back one okay i'm gonna okay. give you two scenarios uh the first time my son like i said told you before he was going for a lot of behavior change because of his father he wanted to spend time with his dad and okay. he's always tell me i'm going to kill you he always used to tell me he's going to kill me but this one particular night that i felt that he meant it i went upstairs and i cried out to god in my bedroom and i locked my bedroom door and went to bed when i woke up the next morning he had gotten in my room had got in my bed with a knife in his hand and had fallen mm -hmm. asleep wow um the situation with my son uh another scenario through with um he was angry again at his father um and i came home for work one night when i came home for work he came downstairs and he mm -hmm. went to the refrigerator he came downstairs and went to the refrigerator got the orange juice container came back and put it up to his head and started drinking it and he know i didn't mm -hmm. like that so i said you know something i had been going through with him for years and i said enough is enough so i was going to the phone when i went to the phone grabbed the phone he's gonna tussle with with the phone my kids don't tussle with me what happened next thing i remember i rattled him he was about to that i had straddled him on the floor and took put the cord around his neck I lost it, and God showed me in a vision. Minister Green murdered son on the front page of the paper. I released it. I lost oh it. Oh I it. And it scared me and it scared him. But it reminded me that all of us have, when we go beyond those boundaries, we lose who we are. When we go across that line, our anger sometimes can take us in my anger. I had gotten fed up with behavior. I was tired of it. And this is going to be another light that cops is going to get involved. Mm -hmm. But by him, by doing that, when God showed me that, 
he showed me in a vision, menace to green murder song from page to paper, and I released them. I let go of the court. What was your son's reaction after uh, letting he, him go? He was scared. He looked at me. And it really, it frightened both of us because I'd never gotten mm -hmm. to that point, never. I had never gotten to that point, but I hadn't had any more trouble with him since then. And so your relationship with your son, your son today, how is it? He's fine. Sometimes I still feel like he got a little anger, holding a little anger towards me, certain things he'll say. But he's a, other than that, he's a, he's a good kid. He's, um, he's married, got eight kids. Wow. Uh, you know, four of his girls in college, the one graduated with three bachelors. That's um, awesome. And he got two that got, uh, was um, valedictorian, two of them. But the thing about though, that he's, he's a good kid. He's, you know, out of all the kids, he would be the main one that would check on Mom, I want to show you okay. But still, there's a little anger still that, you know, one day we'll get a chance to talk about because I know something happened. He wouldn't tell me what it was. He said, what happened? He can't share. So I pray that one day God will allow him to relieve what he went through. Amen. Amen. And so the things that you've gone through has allowed you to um, be a domestic advocate. How did you get into being an advocate for domestic violence victims? Well, I had a professor at the college. He would pull me into things or make me do things, be president of a club, do the seer and do that. And um, then I started with um, the NAACP uh, coordinator, then became first vice. Um, and when this was murdered, I didn't want her voice to be quiet. And what, what he taught, what that professor taught me how to be the current person that I am today, that made me Dr. people because uh, I didn't quiet. And I first started off with the walking around Bridgeton, he ever had, but it, then it left, led me to other areas where God had led me to other areas for domestic violence. Mm -hmm. So I just, anything I didn't quiet. Okay. And then I wanted to know, did you ever blame yourself for any of the events that happened in your life? I did. You did? Because the, the day my murdered, earlier that day, I saw him because I know they were trying to pop some before the guy that murdered he was trying to call him before because he beat down this man downstairs. Um, he was down upstairs over him where water had dripped that part. So he and the guy went downstairs to uh, and they ended up fighting. Uh, he ended up guy, giving the guy two broken arms and a fractured skull. So the cops mm -hmm. were looking for him. But I saw him that day and he came and kissed me on the cheek. And I said, that's a kiss. And him and his fiance at the time that I had the Bible study that um, I was trying to get a hold to ask him what should I do you know how to do anything because I was scared or whatever but I blamed him. I said if 
according to God. If he if I had a no excuse other than what I did, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought and I believed him when he said to me, because I'm just going to my baby, my son, and I'm leaving. And I believe mm-hmm. I believed him. There and that he and he and your phone breaking up again yeah it's breaking up now i can hear you now you hear me so what happened that day that evening that he it was about four of them he was the last one to leave Mm -hmm. out the door he said we're going got all them in front of him to leave when they got out the door Mm -hmm. he slammed the door and stabbed her Wow. And so how did you get over feeling as if you were to be to blame? How'd you get over well, it? Well, and how long did I it take? To, it took a while because I had to come to grips. Like the things God had showed me, he showed me the vision, me talking about it. He showed me uh, a school about me having to raise her son. And the idea of mm-hmm. the funeral leaving from everything God showed me happened exactly that. And that helped me to get through it and knowing it had to be in the will of God for God to have shown me those things and they came mm-hmm. to pass. So it, uh, it, so I came to grips that I can't keep blaming myself because mm-hmm. what's, uh, what's in the will of God is going to be in the will of God. Right, right. Well, I'm glad you were able to um, overcome a lot of people aren't what would you get what piece of advice would you give to somebody who is struggling to overcome traumatic events that they feel um is their fault well i would tell them to continue to pray continue Mm -hmm. to seek god like the word of god said there's no condemnation to those that are in christ jesus that don't Mm -hmm. allow the condemnation to get a hold of you, don't allow you to carry the guilt. If you're feeling right. the guilt, ask God to take the guilt away. Uh, to show you, ask God to show you where you're at right now, so you right. know where to hand where you're at, so you can move on. And that's what God will mm-hmm. do. God to show you where you're at. He'll show you yes, how. Uh, he'll show you why, and he'll also give you a remedy to move on. But when he give you the remedy to move on, going backwards, don't keep going back there. And the enemy's mm-hmm. job is to bring conviction, it's to condemn us of mm-hmm. what we did. But we got to learn to believe God and take him at his word. If Amen. God said that we're free, the son is free, it's free indeed. We have to know that we are free and we don't Amen. have to hold that. We don't have to hold that shame, but just Amen. move on. And God would, and sometimes we had to take small steps. But look at the progress that you're taking and keep moving forward. Right. Amen. But don't stay. The process is is necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we want to like rush through the process. And like I've been there, like, God, why do I gotta go through this? I don't feel like I should have to go through this. Like, and it's like it's necessary because if you can't endure this process right here. How are you going to be able to do endure that over there? 
And so I had to be learn to be content because it's not easy. No. And the thing about it, though, the Lord let me know. I had to go through it as a survivor and I had to mm -hmm. go through it as a victim. Question God, Lord, why did I have to go through both? And he let me know because there's women that you're going to have to reach to know that you're able to go through and have gone through both of them on both sides. Amen. Amen. That's so true. Because, uh, I, again, I look at my life. If I, When I look at the things I've gone through, and now that the things that I'm able to share to help somebody else, encourage somebody else, if I never went through it, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. Yes. I, yes. I, I wouldn't be her. I would be a, a totally different person. I wouldn't be co-pastor Ram. I would not be that Ram right. in the bush. You know, and so we look at things from one lens versus looking at it from a God lens. And I, exactly. I think we as uh, children of God have to look at it from a God standpoint and stop looking mm -hmm. at it from a, a, a world standpoint and for us from a selfish standpoint. Because a lot of times we, well, why I got to do it? Let that other person do it. They, they're, they can do it. They can handle it. I don't feel like I should be have to have to deal with all that. And God is like, why yeah. not you? Why can't you do it? You know, and, right. and a lot of times, like, well, uh, my son did it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, John the Baptist did it. Are you better than these people? Are, are you better than Paul? Are you better than, you know, Mark, Luke, and all these people? Are you better than those people? No, you're not. If you, the, what, the, what the Bible tells us, that the uh, the church suffers violence, and the violence taken back by force. He said, count yes. it as a blessing when trials and uh, tribulations come. You don't be so don't be complaining all the time. And a lot of times we we rather mm -hmm. complain versus to see the joy and the peace of going through the midst of the storm. Why? Because God is with us as we go through. And so yes, um, I had to learn. I really really had to learn that thing. And so now, like when something comes, I tell my husband, "Babe, just laugh." You're like, "What? Just laugh." Mm -hmm. I mean, if you can't change it. You, you still got to go through it. So just laugh about yeah. it, you know? At the end of the day, I'm going to come out on the other side. The, the quote says, you can't get a rainbow without some rain. So enjoy the yes. rain so you can get to the rainbow. Amen. So I, I had to learn it. I mean, it was hard. <laughs> but I thank yes, God. I, <laughs> I thank God I learned, okay? Uh, the, the woman of God used to say a long time ago when I was coming up in church, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus through it all. Man, I remember a time when I didn't trust Jesus. He was like, I need you to trust me. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Because I, I was looking at it from the world standpoint. I know how to hustle. You know what I'm saying? I, that's what I learned about, about being in the hood. I know how to hustle. He said, yeah, but hustling the wrong get you in trouble. Come on and hustle for the kingdom, you know? Now I see it. I'm yeah. like, you know what? <laughs> I'm like, I hustle out there, but sometimes that might get you shot. I'm gonna get you killed, and so forth, so on. Come on over here. It might get you killed. It might get you hurt and shot. But you know where your end result is. You know. Yes. And I'd rather be in the kingdom of heaven versus dying and going to hell, trying to do it my yes. way or the way of the world. Amen. Amen. Uh, this is good. You cannot pray for the rain and take the mud too. Come on here. 
Dirty making some mud pies, but hey, that's why I say you gotta enjoy it. Enjoy the process. We want to get through it. We want to rush through it. And we fail yeah. to see all the little lessons that's within, like she said, those the mud and the, the rain. Yeah. Look, look around. That's why I say stop for a moment. Stop for a moment mm -hmm. and see, you know, what's going on. Evaluate yeah. it. I mean, it's just a good place to be. As I go through this process, what am I going to learn out of this? How can I help mm -hmm. somebody else? How is this going to help me? How can I encourage somebody else? How can I go through it to where I don't have to come back through this place again? Because we feel right. Yes. If you don't go through it right at one time, you're going to revisit it again. You're going to be like, dang it, how did I end up back here again? Because you rushed it and you didn't learn nothing. Yeah. So. Yes. Amen. But I know I have, I've kept you for a while. Is there anything else that you would like to share with us before um, I, I give my final thought, my final words. Well, I just want to thank God for you having me. I thank God for being able to share because it was, it took me a while to be able to share what I did. Um, but I thank God he took me through and gave me the strength to do that, to be able to share and want to share because someone else needs to hear what he let me know. Somebody else needs to hear what you had to say. So um, I just thank God for you. Amen. Amen. Uh, ladies have pause and stop being in a rush because God's presence is always there. Amen. His presence is always with us wherever we are. God is always with us. And I, I've learned that because the Bible tells us I will never leave you nor will I forsake you. Even if you make no. your bed in hell, I'm, I'm down there. I'm there with you. So, yeah. He's everywhere. You just have to learn. He's everywhere. And so why not enjoy the presence of the Lord? You know, good times, yeah. bad times, going through struggles, ups, down, roller coaster rides. Enjoy the presence of the Lord. Whatever, yeah. whatever season you're in, where whatever you're going through, wherever you may be, enjoy the Lord because this too shall pass. Amen. And so again, she has three books. Um, The Fighting Rose, My Life and My Struggles, and then uh, the three R's of domestic violence, respect, re-educate, and repair. Um, two of the books can be found on Amazon, and one can be found on, how do you say the Exibus? I don't know how to say that one. How do you say that? Exibus. Exibus? Oh, Lord, I, I'm messing it up. <laughs> Exibras. <laughs> Exibras, okay. It's up. It's in the uh, in the description where you can find it. And, uh, the books are under twenty dollars, and also you can reach out to uh, Pastor uh, Green, and she can get you the Fighting Rose um, and send it to you. I've ordered my copy. The book is only twenty dollars, and I promise. Uh, based on this introduction and what I'm hearing, you will not, I mean, you might be crying. I'm a crier. I'm just a sucker for uh, traumatic stories and overcomers, okay? Um, so I right, encourage great. you to get to get the book. Also with the, or get with the book. The, also with, I'm sorry, but the fighting rose, the fighting rose comes with a, a sanitizer pen. That's why it's 20. Okay. okay. 
Does it have a fragrance to it? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. <laughs> she wants the fighting rose as well. Okay, so uh, Gina wants the fighting rose as well. Um, let me see. Her cash app and all that stuff is up there. I'll, I'll, I think, I'll, are you my friend or are you just following the Enough is Enough page? However, I'll click on it and I'll send her a uh, page to you. That way you guys can chat. Because I know she do not accept friend requests. If she don't know you personally, she is not going to accept you. I just want to go ahead and throw that out there. I did put that in the description as well. She will not accept you if she do not know you. So um, I will send you her the way to get in contact with her. But again, all her cash, her cash app and all that stuff is up top so that you're able to pay for the books. But I'm ready to see my copy. <laughs> I'm so excited for you even being here um, to share on today. You followed the Enough is Enough page. Awesome. Okay, so I'll send it over to you. And if you guys are on here and you're not following the Enough is Enough page, please go ahead and do so. I also have a group called Encourage God and Motivation to where there's like a daily dump of encouraging posts. Um, maybe some videos, whatever. It's just literally like a melting pot. We all bring something to the table so that everybody gets encouraged or uplifted. Now, don't be expecting to get something if you're not adding nothing or you're you're not even engaging. A lot of times we want something for nothing. You got to do something so that something can move. That's why you bring your stuff, I'll bring my stuff, and we're going to stir the pot. And so... <laughs> Again, I thank God for you. I thank God for you and you and you. And we'll be back here next Tuesday. I'm going to ask Pastor Green if she would pray us out. Okay. Lord, Father, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just want to say thank you, God, for this podcast, God. We thank you, God, Lord, for uh, Pastor Raman. Glory to God for her ministry, God, and what she's doing, Lord. Lord, we ask that, Lord, that you continue to use each one of us on this line to do about a good work, God, according to your plan. And Lord, whatever anyone have in need, whatever their need is, whatever their need is, God, I'm actually got to work it out, God, on their behalf, God, so you can, God, we thank and praise you right now, God, for you having your way in our lives this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And as always, be unapologetically you. You are only you. There is nobody else that can be you. So just be who you are. We've all made mistakes. Guess what? It's okay. God has put it under the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no condemnation for those who walk upright. So know who you are in Christ and be unapologetically yourself. Ain't nobody perfect on this earth. Get up, dust no. yourself off. And keep on walking in your uniqueness in Christ Jesus. See you next Tuesday. God bless you. God bless.